Warning, this episode is chock full of spoilers for the new entry in the Saw franchise, Spiral. If you haven't seen Spiral yet and you want to see it and you don't want to hear any spoilers, do not listen to this episode. If you do want spoilers, listen away. This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. like to go out to the theater after a year of not even thinking about going to the theater? <laughs> it was exhilarating, guilt-inducing, weird, but overall so fun. And so it made me so happy. What about for you? Yeah, I, I kept telling Zach, this is like a red carpet event. I just felt <laughs> like it was such a big deal. You know, it's it, I, I, I got dressed up. I did my hair and makeup. I wore a little outfit and I uh, it was like a, a the, the premiere weekend of the movie. And we went to Santana Row oh, and nice. it was just alive. Like Santana Row at 930 at night was like packed with people. And I was like, God, I, I do feel like I'm at a party. It felt amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My experience was so different. So uh, I'm in a sleepy little boulder, um, and I went and saw a 9 p.m. showing of Spiral uh, at our little local theater here. And um, it, it it was completely dead. There was not a single person <laughs> in the area, which it's like this big open outdoor mall area. There was Everything was closed. No one was out. Um, we were the only people in the theater. Um, and Man. so um, I knew because I kept on checking to see if other people were reserving seats. And I was like, oh, man, we're going to be the only people in this theater, which made me excited. Um, so I just went totally like comfy, casual and just treated it like my own personal movie experience. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty cool. I was checking when I, I bought the tickets on. Friday night. Mm -hmm. And we were the only ones there when I bought them. We were, I, I was like, wow, I can sit anywhere in this whole theater. <laughs> and I was kind of hoping it would stay that way, but it, it didn't. Um, it ended up filling up. But we were at one of those theaters where the seats recline mm -hmm. and they're very far apart. Yeah. Anyway. And then they also, if you bought a ticket, they would close down the two seats next to you yep. on either side. Yeah. Same yeah. for us. So the way that they did it was um, every other row could not be reserved and then if you reserved in a row then yeah they would book the two seats on either side of you but I took a picture of like the empty theater like when I got in there because it's always like oh. it's always like fun when you like I mean pre-COVID times when you'd go in to see a movie and there was no one there because you'd just yes. be like oh I can just like talk about all these things <laughs> okay but when we got there we were like smacked in the face with reality again because there were kids in our seats <gasps> Oh, no. <laughs> Can you believe that? That's so like, funny. 
I was like, I could be a total Karen right now and be like, hands on my hips. Wow, guys. Wow, girls. Because they were two girls Mm -hmm. in the middle of a pandemic for shame. Like, that's what I felt like saying. But I was like, whatever. Just like, get out and let us sit in our seats. Oh, my gosh. And then it's funny because you see these previews and and the theater's like, here's all the things we do to to disinfect our seats. (laughs) And then these two little girls were sitting on our seats. Oh my gosh. I, I leaned over to Mike while they were playing all of those um, how theaters are keeping hygienic in this time. And I was like, I really, really wish that I could just take this like 60 second advertisement that's like, we've got hand sanitizing stations that are refreshed every 30 minutes and just take it back to like 2015 and just be like, this is what the future looks like. <laughs> so boring <laughs> and, and hygienic. I, I want to talk about the trailers we saw for the movie yes. before we get into the movie. Yeah. I, I forgot that trailers were a thing. <laughs> I was so excited for the trailers. And I was not expecting this many trailers. There were a lot. Uh, we, yeah. We had eight trailers. That's that was oh, a lot. Wow. I we started like half wow. an hour later than than the movie time. That's yeah. similar. I think that we probably had a similar number. I did not count the ones that we saw. Um but I, there were a couple of movies that I was like, yes, I'm really excited for this. And then, of course, there's like a handful where you're like, interesting that they're making a movie about this. <laughs> interesting that they're showing this before Saw. Right. <laughs> or Spiral. Yeah. Um, but number one, the number one trailer was Quiet Place 2. That was the first trailer, and I also thought it was the best trailer. I was actually the most excited to see Quiet Place 2. They were really hyping Quiet Place 2 in my theater. Like, they had a behind-the-scenes thing, and then the trailer for it. Like, they did a whole bunch. I thought the trailer was good. The trailer actually made me more interested in seeing it than just thinking about it as a sequel. I was not very interested in it as a sequel. I wasn't either. I wasn't either. Um, And it's funny because even in the trailer – or. I don't know if it's a probably no. It wasn't the trailer itself. It's like those movie trivia shit you get before oh, yeah. the trailers <laughs> start. Yeah, um, and they're talking to John Krasinski, and he's like, "Yeah, I didn't think we were gonna do a sequel." <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, so it better be fucking good, man. <laughs> yeah, you know what actually made me really happy is Killian Murphy, isn't yes, it? Yeah, I did see and that, and I was yeah. like, oh, he's so good in horror. Yeah. He's our guy from sunshine and then eventually yeah. we'll get to 28 days later but well we will yeah so I thought yeah. that was so I think cool. I will I will be going to see that one I think I will probably wait for that one to hit Netflix or rentals or something um I was really excited to see the trailer for the forever purge I didn't get to see that <gasps> they, trailer they didn't, they have, didn't it? have it oh my gosh yeah so they gosh. had the trailer for the forever purge and I was definitely getting I mean, of course, they would have filmed and wrapped production before this ever happened. But I felt like the way that they cut the trailer, I was like, oh, this feels a little bit like they're referencing the Capitol riots in January, which felt like so topical. And just like, I feel like as that franchise has gone, I mean, we've talked about this, right, that each movie just somehow keeps getting better. So I I was pretty stoked, actually, for the for the Forever Purge trailer. Okay, I'm gonna have to watch that on my own. We didn't have that in our theater, but we did have. The Conjuring, Devil Made Me Do It. Yes, we had that one too. Have you seen all the... No, you know what? I don't think I am caught up on The Conjuring. I think I am. But yeah, Patrick Wilson is one of those like 
sleeper hit actors because he's in so many horror movies. He is. Yeah, because he's, he's in guy. Insidious too, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the first movie I ever saw him in was Hard Candy, which was its own type of horror. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw- pedophilia. <laughs> I always think of him as um, from uh, Watchmen. Oh, okay. He, yeah, he's in there. I oh. also really liked him in Little Children with um, Kate Winslet. It was a drama. Mm. It wasn't a horror, but he's pretty it. good. But he's he's so such a background guy. Like, I feel like he's going to be around forever. Yeah, I mean, he's got a very solid career. He just keeps on making movies, and they're all, like, pretty entertaining. What else did you see? <sighs> a lot. Um, but the, the next one I want to call out specifically is At Zola. Yes. Oh, my yes. gosh. Have you heard anything? Have you heard anything about I this? I have not. Okay. So I am super excited. I had read an article about the production of this movie, which is based on a Twitter thread. So this woman was like, I'm going to tell you guys this crazy story. And then she just like tells the story about this like horrific experience she had in Florida with these people that she had just met. I guess this these writers or producers reached out to her and were and were like, can we adapt this into a movie? Oh, man. Yeah, so it's based on, yeah, this woman, like, posted this whole thing. So you can actually find the Twitter thread and read the whole thing, and it's bonkers, and I'm so excited for it. This is why you can't keep things to yourself. You've got to put it out there on Twitter and Reddit <laughs> <laughs> so people will find you and pay you to I tell know. your story. It, look, it just looks so different from other movies, like, just the filming and like the texture of it the colors and everything it just looks really fun and dark and interesting it was really giving me florida project vibes as well as uh oh what's that show they do on hbo that i love euphoria euphoria yeah Yeah. it felt it was giving me those kind of vibes yeah so i'm i'm excited to see that one we also had a couple of thriller trailers did you have any other horror trailers? Um, no, I think that that was it for horror trailers. And then we had at least one thriller trailer. The thriller trailer that we had was for The Protégé. We saw that one. And yeah. I, the whole time I was watching it, I was waiting for like, you know, the other shoe to drop that it was going to be like, ooh, it's a new James Bond movie, but with a w- woman 007 like yeah because that's really the vibe that they were going for that's what it felt like and yeah. then it was just like oh it's just a new movie which I was glad for because I mean everyone's always like we should not just be shoehorning people into right. existing franchises we should give them their own franchises um but it looked fine I don't it know fine it's yeah. not my type of movie but I was like cool hot chick paired up with a bunch of old men seems yeah. par for the course yeah action movie it's Maggie yeah. Q who looks great she's cute yeah the other the other thriller we had a preview for was Stillwater, which honestly didn't uh, leave an impression on me. Right. We, ha- we also had that one, and it was so forgettable that I forgot that we yeah. had that one until you said it right now. <laughs> um, I just was like, okay, this is Matt Damon yeah. trying to get some nominations, it felt like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like The Martian. Yeah, just, all right, um, moving on. Um, We also had comedies because this movie is sort of half horror, half comedy, or a little bit of comedy at least. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Mm -hmm. Yep, we got that one too. Cruella, which I'll just throw in with with that realm. And then Free Guy, which I 
think I might want to see when it comes out on Netflix because it has a special appearance by Alex Trebek. Oh, nice. Yeah. We didn't get the Free Guy trailer, but we did get Cruella. The Cruella trailer that we got was very short. It felt like they were just like a 15 second, like, go see this movie when it comes out. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I won't be doing. (laughs) Yeah. It just doesn't seem all that appealing to me. I don't know. Yeah. It seems fine. Yeah. It, like it like it should have been straight to DVD or something. Right, which I, they are releasing it on Disney Plus. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> all right, just go like see it at home. Yeah. <laughs> and then Free Guy and Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard both star Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> it's like, are we running out of actors? I kind of think so. I think that like Ryan Reynolds has been um you know, in a a lot he's been very productive recently and I feel like a lot of the other big actors we have right now have been super tied down by their Marvel contracts like they're just still pumping out Marvel Disney content and they're not like doing other things um which I'm looking forward to like maybe getting some fresh blood in no kidding uh it was funny to see there was a couple of trailers that had Samuel L. Jackson in it. Yes, and I was like, "Oh, it's so funny because he's in Spiral. We've got Samuel yeah. L. Jackson in Spiral." Zach was saying the same thing. It just felt like we are uh, really funneling down into specific actors for these trailers, or maybe just I don't know. That last year threw a wrench in a lot of deals or something, and I don't know. We're just stacked with movies with with the same actors, so they market them together. I don't know. It was a weird year. Yeah. I mean, I had, I listened to a handful of entertainment podcasts and I know some people have said that there were, there were a lot of actors who were just not willing to do the quarantine requirements in order to film Mm -hmm. last year. Um, And then there were some actors who were okay with the quarantine requirements and going to go film. So I do think that we're going to see like a spate of movies that's going to have like the same actors in them. And then, and then probably a like some gap years while, you know, other actors are waiting for the requirements to loosen up a little bit before they'll go work on a set. Hopefully they'll capture this in all of the COVID documentaries that are going to come out I this year. I am already preemptively super annoyed at all of those documentaries. I bet <laughs> I bet Netflix already has one done and they're just waiting to drop it for when people are going to be like most receptive to it because I feel like we're not ready for it yet. <laughs> Did you also get any good like pre-trailers trailers I mean we had that hygiene one <laughs> and then um yeah. Maria Menunos, who's been um like the face of movies for like 20 years at this point she was up there and then otherwise the thing that was kind of funny was there's like there is this arcade type game that they wanted people to download yes. an app for on their phone and I was just like oh is this what we're doing now we have like movie theater apps so that we can play games while we're waiting it's like that that newbie company it was just like I, I that must have been the same company as you newbie yep, and ovi yeah they were just like we are going whole ham at the crowd coming back from covid and showering them with all of our bullshit pre-movie <laughs> stuff I, I i always enjoy like the trivia <laughs> things like that i don't yeah. want to download an app though no. to play a stupid ar game mike mike was like developing this app would have been probably pretty fun <laughs> sure <laughs> like some developer who's just like building an app for a movie theater company like it's so funny yeah, yeah. 
And you're just sitting there because nobody in this theater had the app. Everyone's just sitting there staring at a static screen, listening to like action music for all the people who are using the app. I know. It was really bleak because it was only me and Mike in the theater. And like, so we're just staring at this and we're just like, yeah, this is a, this is maybe fun for kids or whatever. But I mean, you've got a bunch of people who are waiting to see Spiral, which is a hard R movie. (laughs) We also had a lot of, uh, or I shouldn't say a lot, but a handful of commercials that were reminding the audience that you can rent this space for your event. I almost did that for Spiral because I was still feeling weird about going to the movies. Like I know, so Colorado, as of today, we're in clear. Um, So we have no mask requirements inside or outside. Restrictions are are gone for the most part I think and so now it's like at the discretion of individuals and businesses right for like what you need to do regarding masks but I was still feeling kind of weird and so I was like do I want to rent a theater just for me and Mike and um we were kind of batting around the idea of if we knew anyone in Colorado who would be like down to come see Spiral with us and we were like Absolutely no one. Like no one that we know is going to want to see the ninth installment in the Saw no. franchise. <laughs> and pay top dollar to to go in on a theater. Yeah, now. it would have been a splurt. I, it was like one of those things where I was like, oh, this is expensive, but not out of bounds. Yes. It was like 150 bucks. I also thought about that. Exactly. Yeah, it was, it was 150 yep. bucks to rent the whole theater. And I was like, you know what? If it was like me and like four other friends and I knew we were all like vaccinated and like good to go, I would be like, yeah, sure. My yeah. Tr- my treat. <laughs> I haven't seen a movie in a theater in like a year and a half. I can I can afford yeah. this. I would have gone with you. I know you would have. We would have split it. I was sad that we didn't get to see it together. Yeah. Because there were so many moments where I'd like lean over to Mike, like at the very beginning. Um. I was like, ooh, I hope Hoffman, like, makes a cameo. Like, I was, like, really hoping that, like, Somehow. <laughs> one of these, like, random characters from, like, the middle of the franchise were going to, like, either have, like, a background reference or something like that. And and Mike was just, like, groaning the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I, we did not even have Jigsaw himself. I know. Oh, this my is the gosh. first time. I was, I was sad that we didn't have, we didn't have Jigsaw. It was weird. It was weird. I mean, John Kramer has just been such an overarching character, and he's been a motivator and um, getting all of these lackeys, you know, all of his henchmen to, like, work with him. And, like, he's just such a force of nature that to have in this movie no John Kramer, not even in, like, a flashback I was surprised. Like, Weird. Not yeah. even in a flashback, which I was like, oh, man, you guys were very willing to do flashbacks otherwise. So, <laughs> Yes, they were. Can we talk for a second about why we think Chris Rock wanted to do this movie? Did that strike you as odd that Chris Rock was forefronting this movie? It was. It. I thought it was a really interesting choice. I had read online that he wanted to get into a horror movie and pursue that genre. And he, I think he approached Bousman and the other producers after Jigsaw came out in 2017 to work with them. Yeah. You know, and I also read that he wanted to inject humor into it. I, I really 
liked that he, his little bits of stand up in the movie. But I, you know, going into the movie, I really didn't know what to expect. I assumed it was going to be great because I, I actually really like Chris Rock a lot. But the approach to this movie, at least going into it, looking at the marketing, looking at who was in it, seeing the trailers and seeing how they frame the trailers, to me, it kind of read as like in the same vein as like Leprechaun in the Hood, right? Like taking <laughs> taking okay. a franchise that already exists uh-huh. and deciding we need to make this more urban. Like, and so let's just dump some urbanness into it. Like, that's what I thought this was going to be. And I was very worried. Yeah, I think that... But it really wasn't. I only watched one teaser trailer, and there was a a shot in the teaser trailer that I was like, I've seen this franchise, so I know what this means, and it it felt like a spoiler. So then I didn't watch any other trailers. I knew Chris Rock was going to be in it, and Samuel L. Jackson, and so I was like, oh, this is cool that they're forefronting this movie with black guys. Like, I think that having, like black male actors um you know taking on this franchise and taking into a new direction is interesting um they introduced a lot of like rap music into the movie um there was a couple of scenes where it wasn't just I mean which I don't really think they do in the other movies like and I just didn't like it felt like it was jarring because I was so used to saw movies that are just kind of like background music then to have like actual music with lyrics um I thought was like a little distracting. I don't know how you felt about that. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't feel like they did it too much. I liked the updates to the style of this movie. They're, they they did hold on to some familiar elements like flashbacks mm-hmm. and a very explainy ending. Um, the, the like kind of jumpy editing too was still yeah. in there. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But they, I thought they told a a cooler story mm-hmm. here and they yeah. and and not having John Kramer in the story really allowed them to like not have to pigeonhole all this bullshit into their plot they were just like nope new characters same placeless police force mm-hmm. and, yeah metropolitan <laughs> um, yeah and uh let it be its its own thing which which I did appreciate yeah I think that that's probably where like Chris Rock's influence came in because I think if they had just left it in the hands of Faustman and Lee Winnell and those guys James Wan who you know they're all executive producers on this I think that they probably would have gone back to that John Kramer well (laughs) and tried to like keep on this Jason style villain who's just gonna always be there so I think that having um having new guys come in having Chris Rock come in did breathe a little bit of life into it because it's like no we're just gonna make a clean cut over into like what is this world like in a post jigsaw society yeah and I really think they marketed it at least for me the way I interpreted the marketing was not what I got from the movie I think what I got from the movie was better than what I was fed or led to believe from the marketing I had really high expectations for this movie I thought it was going to be very like from what I had seen from some of the marketing and from that one teaser trailer I saw I thought it was going to be maybe a little more cat and mouse which I do think that they they made this movie very you know detective and police work oriented there was a point this movie wasn't super long of course we love that it's only an hour 25 which was great there was a point maybe midway through 
where I was surprised. I surprised myself thinking like, oh, there's only been two deaths so far. Yes. And I was like, oh. They're taking so long. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this does not feel like a Saw movie. Like normally in Saw movies, you're getting like a horrific death scene like every like, you know, 12 minutes. Whereas in this one, it, it felt like they were spending a lot of time with the cops and the like relationships between the cops. I I did think there was some good relationship building in this movie between the cops. It was really interesting. You know, I when I first when I was watching the first part of this movie, I was like, God, he is so combative and hard to uh hard to deal with. Like and he's <laughs> he's always squinting at somebody. Um and as you go through the movie, you know, you realize why he hates all of you know, this whole system. He's just kind of sick of it. Um, but he does have his like bad cop friend who who was nice to him. He just seems like a regular guy. Like he's not going at this role as like total good doer cop. You know, he, ha- he it's it's complicated. He he's not he's left his wife or his wife has left him. He's friends with some of these crooked cops who got killed and not friends with others. It's he's not a he's not a perfect guy. I like that they made his character really multidimensional as a cop. Okay, so I didn't know that Chris Rock and Samuel uh, L. Jackson were so far apart in age. <laughs> I thought they looked the same age. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson is in his like sixties, yeah. right? <laughs> He's like 20 years older than Chris Rock. I had to yeah. look that up because I was like, they look the same age to me. That's so funny. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson has aged like magnificently. And yes. so like, yes, they do. They do look similar in, <laughs> in like age, I guess. But I think that I actually thought that they were a pretty convincing father son pairing. Like I had never thought of them as like looking similar at all but then they kept on doing profile shots and I was like oh Chris Rock has like a little nose like Samuel L. Jackson does like they like would show them in profile sometimes and I was like oh they have kind of the same nose and I was like I could buy it like I could buy that they were related the kind of sense of humor was the same like I I thought that they probably had a really good time filming together Oh, I'm sure they did. This is actually the first time the two of them have ever worked together. I was thinking that while I was watching it. And I was like, oh, man, can you imagine that these two guys are like, hey, we've never worked together. Like, want to do this Saw movie together? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson likes horror movies, I know. Yes, he's done a number. So that doesn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I... I just, I guess what I wanted to do was just call out how great Samuel L. Jackson looks for his age. Yeah, he's pretty good. I will say that I think that Samuel L. Jackson was underused in this movie. Yeah, they have to hide him away for a couple days, right? So that the audience thinks he's the jigsaw killer. But yeah, it just, I, I was like, I wish there was more of him. Yeah, yeah, like I, I wish that there was more of him. I wanted to see him playing off of Chris Rock's character more. Yeah, I mean, because he's just such a good, fun actor that I was like, if you got him, you got to use him. Like, don't yeah. don't just, like, give us little tastes and then take him away for the rest of the movie. <laughs> this movie, it wasn't originally intended to drop when it dropped, right? It was supposed to come out a year ago. Kate yeah. and I were so excited <laughs> to wrap up our first season with this movie and and which is it's kind of fun because we're coming back about a year later and 
and revisiting the series. But it really was topical for a movie, um, especially after this past year. I agree. I think that this movie really tried to dig into the issue of crooked cops, right? It's it's all about how Chris Rock is, his character Banks, right, is a total outlier in this department. He's He's pushed aside. No one likes him because they think he's a narc because he turned in a dirty cop like 12 years before the events of this movie. And I thought it was really good how they dug into like not only is it you know dealing with this guy who was this one guy who was crooked but then like everyone's got their their shades of of dirtiness and they're still on the force there's still people that have to work together and like they're just not working together well so this becomes the jigsaw killers drive you know he wants to clean out the force he wants to get rid of all the bad eggs and again it's it's this is it's a saw movie right this is like this is not true justice this is just vengeance which is fine it's a horror movie it's great like that's what we want like that's what the people want to see um but of course it it may be a moralistic intent but it really isn't going to solve the problem they're still going to hire shitty cops and then you're just gonna have to keep killing shitty cops I guess for all eternity right it's the the ethics of the jigsaw killings are always so interesting because I mean one of the victims is a guy who served nine years like he served time in prison and then got out right and I think that, I mean, we've seen this in other Saw movies, too, where someone served time and they come out and then Jigsaw puts them into a trap. And it's like, OK, so Jigsaw doesn't believe that prison is a rehabilitation system. <laughs> like, that's not enough for him. He needs to just see them Which die. might be aligned with a lot of Americans. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think a lot to, of people know that. I think a lot of people are really quick to say like oh yeah this person deserves to die like they're very okay with the death penalty they're kind of okay with that kind of retributive justice like and I know instead of getting to the root of a problem exactly so I think that that this idea of like let's just kill all the bad cops I mean there's a lot of like over this past year like liberal progressive people who are like yeah ACAB like kill all the cops <laughs> like so that would probably appeal to those people too right so right I mean I I love this movie for um the horror factor but yeah it I uh even though I I agree that crooked cops need to be dealt with I think this is not the right approach but uh I get it I, it 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 lands I think yeah I think that if you're going to go into this headspace of um, you know, Jigsaw is going to be judge, jury, and executioner, and that's just how he handles it. Um, I think that our new Jigsaw killer is right in line with John Kramer. I think it's the same spirit of John Kramer. Totally. Should we go through the deaths? I think we should. I love them. I thought they were pretty good, actually. They're actually a good number, actually, like, surprisingly. I think that thinking of previous Saw movies where they'll kill, like, 
10 people in one shotgun carousel it's like okay we're not exactly getting a shotgun carousel here but we are we are getting rid of a number of cops and then one poor meth addict poor soul yeah Yeah. lost his only crime was having a drug addiction well our first death is a really great intro to the movie i loved it I was sitting like tense in my seat, like waiting, waiting for him to get it. I loved it too. And I, I wish that some more of the deaths were kind of in the same vein because I was like, oh, this person is not John Kramer. And so they're going for simple. Like they've just got this cop, ex-cop standing on a stool, barely with his tongue connected to like a vice and he's either got to kick himself off and get his tongue ripped out or he's going to get hit by a subway train. It's simple. I, it is simple. It is simple. And it's, you know, if he doesn't do it within the first like 10 seconds, he'll never make it. He'll never have enough time to run away from the train anyway. So once he like dawdles, it's it's over. It's over. It's yeah. over for him. Yeah. It's just misery. But I called this one Tongue Razor Railroad. Did oh. you give them names? <laughs> I didn't give them names. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, in the theater, I'm like writing my notes in the dark and I'm like, I, I wrote down Tongue Razor and then I saw the train coming and then I added Railroad <laughs> to the end. <laughs> but he loses his tongue because he's lied on the stand. Yeah, uh, protect dirty cops. Yeah, and it's so simple. It was, I, it was so simple, and I was like, "Oh, this is great!" Because John Kramer, they really like in the previous movies, they were like, "Oh, not only was he like an architect, he was also like a civil engineer, and he also like taught yeah. himself medicine." Like they just like kept on throwing stuff at they this guy. Passed this on to Hoffman somehow, <laughs> right? And it just got to be so much, and so I was glad that this one at least seemed pretty. Um, pretty simple although they like rapidly get very complex (laughs) after after this they do the chinese finger trap i loved i loved that one that one was my favorite that was that was for me best death i think so too now that i'm looking back at them all in a in a list i'm yeah that was definitely the best one it was so gross i was like squirming the whole time it felt like they were using practical effects cuz it felt like yeah. you could see it like pulling out his fingers fingers Ugh. while so he's this, yeah this cop this cop shot an innocent person they were a witness uh to a what was it exactly? They they saw something that he obviously wanted to cover up. I'm so, assuming it yeah, was another. It was cop. another dirty cop. So <laughs> yeah. um, a, so one cop had um pushed a guy off of a roof, and this guy saw it. And so this cop was coming to interview him, and this guy was like, "Yeah, I saw it. I'll testify. Like I was right there." And the cop's like, "Okay, great," and just shoots him. <laughs> Chris Rock is like, "The witness yeah. pulled a gun on you." Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Which it doesn't. It doesn't. I, this, oh. yeah, this trap was super dark. I thought um, you have to. He, this guy's in another head vice, and he has to bite down on something in his mouth, and that will cause this machine to pull his fingers out using these like metal Chinese finger traps, and it's slow and painful, and it just slowly rips his fingers out 
from his hand. And and if he doesn't do this in time, he won't be able to get out of the quickly filling bath of water that is about to hit some live wires. <laughs> it's like, ugh, geez, there's so much going on. I know. It's a it's a highly mechanical trap. Like this finger pulling off device is not off the shelf. Someone needed to like craft this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so evil. This is another one where if you don't do it within the first few minutes, you're going to you're going to die and and you're going to die in extreme pain because the trap, you know, when you're getting electrocuted, it's it, that happens to people they go into like this extreme rigor mortis right so you're just clamping down even further so as you're being electrocuted you're also having your fingers continually ripped out of your body it's just yeah a nightmare there's it's very it's very jigsaw to to be able to reasonably have a way out of a trap even if you don't make it out with all of your like limbs intact um, it's very Hoffman to set up traps there are no escape from. And I felt like like a lot of these, like the tongue train, the, you know, finger shocking good. We could call this one. I'm just going to come up with them on the fly. <laughs> I love it. Um, the perks of being a writer. <laughs> um, these ones, they, they could have been escapable had they had no hesitation. If they hadn't exactly. hesitated, they could have actually gotten out just missing a tongue, missing some fingers. So there is some hope. There is, uh, I think the last death is maybe the most Hoffman-esque, which we'll, we'll get to that one. Yeah. I, I was very confused about that one, so I'm excited to go through it with okay, you. Okay, good. But next up, we have Flayed Short Stack. It's just a pile of skin. Oh yeah, this is poor. This poor guy. So they're. You think that this is Chris Rock's partner, the rookie who um had gotten who had been skinned alive, and as I, as I was watching it, so from the get go, I was like, oh, it's his partner. I don't know if you felt like <laughs> of that, of course, but like no, at the very beginning, at, at like the beginning, I was like, oh, it's his partner. Um, and when they showed um. When they were showing all of the other deaths, they were showing the full tape and they were showing the victim's face. Um, and then with this one, they were showing someone getting skinned alive, but they never showed the partner's face and they didn't play the whole tape. Like there was just like details yeah. that they were skipping that I was like, OK, they're trying to just smooth this over so that we are convinced enough that it was the partner but it ended up just being this, you know, um, homeless meth addict guy that they paid to help out with. And this poor guy, like, he didn't do anything. Yeah. He's just like a I wrote victim. down, what is his crime? No like, crime. Like, he's a meth addict. That's a sickness. That's like a mental health problem, right? He's a drug addict. That's not the same as being a crooked cop. Right. Uh, and so that one, I was a little like, all right, you're just <laughs> trying to make this work here. <laughs> it was also the most boring death because you just pretty much see a pile of skin and they do they do do some like side flashes to what that looked like this person getting hacked up but 
Uh, it wasn't clear to me if this even happens when they're alive or is it after death that they were flayed? I, I wasn't quite sure what the trap was. I think that they were, I think it was post-death. So someone had said that they suspected that the guy had OD, OD'd. Um, and it wasn't totally clear. I was like, well, maybe he just like, like let him die and then flayed him they didn't have any like screaming or anything of course so it's a little hard to tell they kind of moved past that a little quickly too really fast yeah the thing that really got me with that one where i was like plot hole guys was his partner had the name charlie tattooed on his forearm yeah and so then he 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 very casually was like i tattooed charlie onto his arm this guy learned how to tattoo and it was a clean tattoo. And it, it was a bad looking tattoo. A healed tattoo. And I was like, yeah. and I was like, you can tell the difference between a fresh healing tattoo versus a tattoo that you've had for years. Like that's Yeah. <laughs> not a thing. I, I wasn't happy with that explanation either, but I was like, well, that's saw. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no explanation <laughs> for, that works. for how he learned how to build these traps or how he learned how to tattoo so they're they're kind of doing that thing where they're like oh yeah these jigsaw guys they're just jack of all trades <laughs> maybe the next spiral sequel will do more flashbacks and tell us oh how this guy probably. figured it out <laughs> oh wax boarding was the next one yes this At first one. i thought it was going to be waterboarding and i was like oh this is worse <laughs> yeah i thought water how is this worse i thought waterboarding as well um with a cloth over her face so this is the the department head right it's homicide department head um and she's getting you know wax poured on her face so that because through like a cheesecloth or something yeah and yeah she's basically being indicted by jigsaw for just covering up right just just being part of the cover-up of all these corrupt cops over the years so i guess her face needs to get covered up with hot wax. I was expecting when Chris Rock came in and saw that she was covered in wax and he started peeling it off of her face, I thought it was going to like fully take her yes. skin off of her face. And I was expecting it to be horrific. But then it seemed like they were going to do that. And then you can like see her like nose and stuff. And it's like, oh. And her lips. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. Okay, this could have been a lot grosser. <laughs> yeah, it looked the least real to me out of all the deaths. I definitely thought I was going to pull her skin off of her face. And I was, like, I was like, ooh, this is going to be my favorite. And then it just kind of was a little anticlimactic. It was like just she's just got some peeled skin. Yeah, I wanted more from that one too. <laughs> yeah. And also Chris good. Rock gave her some pretty bad CPR. <laughs> I thought he was kissing like he her. Up. Was he? Oh, I no, I think he I was think trying it, to do. It was CPR, but it was so bad. It looked like he was kissing her. Yeah. And I was like, what is I was like, oh, do they have like a thing going on? And then he started pounding on her chest. And I was like, oh, it's just really bad CPR. It's just terrible. Yeah, CPR. I see, yeah. I see. And and for her to I, I guess to survive this, she was going to have to sever her spine and oh, basically horrible. be a paraplegic, not paraplegic, but just paralyzed her whole life. Yeah. But alive. And she's trying. And that's probably the sad part to me was that she was actually trying to do that and then just didn't do it in time. It's it's hard. It's hard to uh, to uh, sever your own spine. I can only imagine. <laughs> the glass blower is next. Glass blower was an interesting one. I felt bad about this one. Yeah, I mean, this is the guy who had served time in prison. 
He was in prison yeah. for nine years. He's now living uh, at a church. He's the kind of guidance counselor for a sobriety group. Um, he's on the up and up. Yeah, he <laughs> seems like kind of an asshole, but also he really totally. seems like he's paying his debt to society. Like, yeah, yeah. You don't deserve to get glass blowed just because you're an asshole. Like, you know, he went to prison. He did his did his time, and that's kind of what we're supposed to. That's all we're supposed to need, right. right? You know, you do your time, you you pay for the crime, and you're forgiven. Yeah. And and he wasn't. And that's, you know, I, I'm assuming it's some sort of metaphor, right? Are people truly forgiven when they come out of prison? Probably not. Probably not according to society. Okay, if we're going to step away from the movie series, I think that with the way that we treat former imprisoned people um, shows that we don't think that they've been rehabilitated. Yeah. Um, it's, we don't even believe in our own system. Recidivism rates are grossly high. Um, there's not a great support system for people, you know, coming into society after being in prison. And um, yeah, I just think that it's not a system that's set up to actually like welcome people back into society and, and help them be productive members again so I mean I think that this is a very distinctly like American movie series like I don't think that this movie series could have come from like Norway you know like no. <laughs> yeah this is not <laughs> it a would sc- make no sense. it would make no sense to Scandinavian peoples <laughs> you probably think this is how we do things over here now yeah they're probably Great. like this is a documentary <laughs> of what Chicago looks like but it was a cool death I, I thought it was a cool idea um his back looked like a wreck and I thought it was very sweet of Chris Rock to try yeah he was trying this whole time I was like I was expecting the big twist in this movie to be that Chris Rock was getting framed Mm. like I thought that I thought that um you know there was already all of the suspicion from his colleagues um around him being a narc and like not liking these people the people who died for the most part were um, not friends of his, right? People he didn't get along with, um, except for the first guy and his partner. Um, but with him being handcuffed to that rail um, with a nice callback to Saw Very 1. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. We got, the, we got the theme music back. We got the handsaw. Um, and the nicely placed bobby pin. And I was like, oh, nice. Okay. So he's like looking at it. But because there was a bobby pin there and he was able to get out of his handcuffs so easily i was like oh if any cops show up they're gonna be like oh chris rock was just on the scene he was just there and orchestrating it which is not how the twist actually went but that's really what i was expecting well let's talk about that because i was a little confused by the ending along with the the last death the final death and this is uh Samuel L. Jackson's blood drain. I didn't yeah. have a good name for this one. They didn't really explain the blood draining. <laughs> it, he's like a marionette. It's it's supposed to juxtapose kind of with that little pig marionette, which I thought was a really cool update for the I Billy did too. The, and puppet. I was like, oh, the little pig marionette is in a it's in a it's so cute. police uniform. Like and yeah, of course. And it's I was very, like, very oh obvious. yeah, that's nice to then have it at the end there so Samuel L. Jackson is strung up like a marionette they're leeching blood from him and he's only got three minutes worth of blood left in his body I guess yeah (laughs) (laughs) and 
again, he still looks great. He he's looks able to talk. Like he's glowing. Yeah. He looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got maybe like three pints of blood yeah. left in Ridiculous. his body. It's something about Article 8, right? That's why he's in there. He, he had something to do with Article 8, and I totally forgot Article what Article 8, 8 was seemed about. like something that was giving police kind of general immunity to um, – Okay. To try and combat crime. It seems like a very like 1970s, 1980s, like New York type situation where it's like crime is rampant and cops were like, by any means necessary, we're going to try and solve crime. And that meant shooting witnesses, like street justice type stuff. Like it all got swept under the rug um, after a very long time right. um, okay. under, under Samuel L. Jackson who was the chief of police and uh, Chris Rock's dad in this movie. And so as it's going, I mean, I was like, okay, they're trying to make it look like maybe his dad is the jigsaw killer. But I mean, I was like very curious to see how they're going to try and make that (laughs) leap (laughs) for why he would be the killer. (laughs) Then it didn't turn out to be the case. Uh, Yeah, I I thought he was going to be the killer because he felt guilty that – his son joined a corrupt force and is such a good guy. So he took it upon himself to kill everybody. But then as soon as the, the rookie partner was off, I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like this guy right. didn't do anything. Right. That definitely made Rock. it like once his <laughs> yeah. partner was killed, I was like, this is going to, I was like, if it's not his partner is the killer, they're really going to have to try and convince me. Like why? Like, like maybe his partner got too close to learning the truth or something and got off, you know, like who knows. But yeah. Um, but of course, right. it's his partner. His partner is Jigsaw. He's this rookie. Yeah. I did not understand what what was Chris Rock supposed to do? How how did Chris Rock shooting the spiral mean that they would be on the same team? Because all that does is yeah, I guess it drops them so that he can remove the needles, but I, I'm so confused about that. I, I kind of like that went yeah, over my head a little totally bit. Yeah, it totally make sense to me either, to be totally honest. So the situation that he's put into is um, Shanks, J- the Jigsaw character here, says um, you can eat, you've got one bullet and you can shoot me um, and let your father die. Or you can save your father and um, join up with me. So it's kind of like he's putting him in like a, like, if you try and shoot me and get justice, your dad's going to die. Or you can join up with me and let your dad live. Um, But there's this like trick in it, right? Which is that there's a booby trap on the door so that it drops him down and makes it look like he's got a gun so that his own police force like shoots him. So dark and true. I, uh, I was just a little confused about what I, it seemed counterintuitive to me that to let a dirty cop live, they would now be on the same side. I think he was trying to entice him. I think that he was just like, you want your dad to live. Right. And if you're going to let your dad live, then you're going to join up with me. It was like, he was trying to paint him into a corner. But I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think that it was yeah, like true. the greatest motivation, right? Of course, because I mean, he shoots him, and then still, and then you know, Chris Rock shoots him, and then he's like, and now I'm just gonna kill you with my hands. <laughs> like he just like chases chases after him in the elevator. <laughs> yeah, it seemed a little clunky, but I I did enjoy the visuals. I thought it was a cool looking 
trap and a final booby trap and like so sad yeah so sad that samuel l jackson is just yeah he's a puppet puppet police pig whatever you know all these things that they've um metaphored in the movie it kind of bummed me out that i felt like in other saw movies there was one overarching trap that the protagonist was unwittingly participating in the whole time um and this one, it was like, okay, so the big final trap is choosing like between his honor and letting his dad die or choosing to be honorable in a jigsaw way, which is, you know, killing corrupt cops and letting his dad live. And um, I was like, okay, that's good. But I would have wanted to see maybe something that was like, oh, you did this in like these early traps or like you did this and this is now leading to like this thing happening. Like I thought maybe he was going to get some comeuppance for breaking that drug dealer's leg and like kind of torturing him. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, how is his partner going to respond to his like torture of this guy? But then they didn't really address that. Because Chris Rock was a good cop, but he wasn't yeah, a nice cop. He was a total asshole. And I would say I would say that he was also a bad cop. Because he was willing to like, you know, come in without a warrant and like break that guy's leg and then he poured yes. alcohol on his like shattered leg bone. Like I was like, okay, so Chris Rock is like a a quote unquote good cop in that he's trying to hold his colleagues to a high standard, but he himself is not even a good cop. It's a little hypocritical. A little bit, but you know, it's it's a it's a great saw ending because nobody feels yeah, good. Yeah, I th- and I think that that's how these things go, right? Is that they end up being very morally gray, and I think that you try and hold a hard line against these things, and they just don't really stand up. I know originally they noodled with the idea of instead of Samuel L. Jackson being his relation, uh, Danny Glover being his some sort of relation. Do you think that would have made it better or worse? I mean, it would have been a nice tie-in to Saw 1 to, like, have a, you know, callback character. But I don't think it's missing anything by not having Danny Glover in it. There was a part of me that wished that there were more direct tie-ins to the rest of the franchise, but it's because I was looking for that, like, fan service, I think. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, I, I remember thinking that. You know, in the beginning of the movie, when he mentions something that happened 12 years ago, I wrote down 12 years ago because I wanted to look up what happened in the franchise 12 years ago to see if there was some hidden like connection there. (laughs) But then the movie is just like, oh, no, 12 years ago, this thing happened. Like it it gives us a flashback and tells us what happened. And I was like, oh, nothing, nothing. I really thought it was going to be like a direct tie in to like. Oh, like under yes. Hoffman's jurisdiction, they had like like this thing had happened. Yeah, or, you know the partner had like, you know, his dad was in the hospital, and Jigsaw happened to be at the hospital at the same time, and told him like, "You have to take like justice into your own hands" or whatever. Like I was like waiting for yeah. like some kind of flashback like that to happen, and when it didn't, I was like, "I guess it's okay." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I still liked it, but I was also thinking like, oh, maybe this is like a riff on Riggs from Saw 4, who was also like a hard, well, he was a a, actually like a decent cop 
who is just like overzealous, right? That was his crime. And I was like, maybe this is the next phase in that evolution of, you know, and maybe that's his cousin or something. Like, that's what I was like, what was going through my head. And it, it was just, I no, kept on just a new finding myself during the movie, like kind of racking my brain to remember the plots of all the different Saw movies. Cause I kept on trying to think like, <laughs> okay, like the, the head cage in the, um, finger shocking good trap right like and the and razor, razor train, train yeah um head cage too. very yeah. similar yeah very similar to stuff. like other yeah. traps related to the head thing were you expecting them to have the reverse bear trap yes and no i think I, it didn't really cross my mind until i saw the first head trap and i was like oh i wonder if they're gonna keep going with this like head trap like if it's gonna evolve into the bear trap and then it didn't and I was like that's fine I felt I I was kind of glad that they didn't do it because I there was a point in the middle of the series uh, where I felt like they were maybe overusing it where they were like oh this is our you know um this is our big bad trap this is our signature trap you know when they get um and it's been solved twice yeah they've (laughs) like they put Amanda in it they like got that one guy's wife is in it. Jill <laughs> like Tuck. Jill right? Tuck. That's right. Jill's in it. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, it's a little overused. So I was glad that they didn't do it, but I was kind of expecting them to after seeing that first one. Do you think this was a good addition to the Saw world? Yes. I definitely do. What Me about you? Yeah, you do too. Uh, yeah. Did you think about where you would rank this? I was thinking about that. I, I, I think I know where I would put it. <laughs> Yeah, going back and looking at our list, I think I would have to rank this one. I'm going to say fourth. So for me, it goes Saw, Saw 2, Saw 5, because I love Saw 5, and then Spiral. That's exactly where I was going to put it, too. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I was like, this one is definitely top five. Like, and, and I knew, so currently we had Jigsaw as our, yeah. as our fifth place. And I was like, this one is so much better than Jigsaw. Much better than so Jigsaw. So much better than Jigsaw. Yeah. I still think that, you know, the OG movie Saw, Saw 2, super good, unimpeachable. Those are not going to come out of our top spots. <laughs> yeah. We're, it's hard to not be biased, but um, that's okay. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> I think I, I do. I did feel like I would rewatch this one. Oh, totally. Yeah, this one oh, I feel definitely. like there are so many. I mean, there are so many movies. This is the ninth entry in this franchise. And I think that I was like, oh, there are movies in the back half that I would try my best to not watch again <laughs> if I didn't need to. <laughs> but yeah. this one I would watch again. Um, totally. I mean, just I mean, Chris Rock's fun. Samuel L. Jackson is fun like and it's a different it's a slightly different take on this the deaths are good there's not like a bunch of crazy CGI or 3 3d (laughs) and they're not trying to squeeze this into the universe that exists very neatly they're they're like no this is just it's the same universe it's just a new story yeah it's a little bit of a reboot very clean yeah it's same same universe same it's a problems. cool way to do yeah. a reboot because it's it's in the same you can tell it's in the same universe they have a photo of uh jigsaw on the table but none of the same characters actually need to come back it's the same setting 
And they're able to think about it in those terms, too. I mean, even as they're going through the case, they're like, oh, man, if this is going to be another jigsaw copycat, like this is going to be hard on us. Like, And they know because they're like, yeah, 10 years ago, there was another copycat killer. Like, so they're able to to think in those terms. And then they just kind of, yeah, like you said, very cleanly move on without getting like bogged down by all of the, you know, Hoffman, Lawrence (laughs) mess that was, you know, previous. I'm excited to see a spiral sequel. I hope they do one. I bet they do. I'm I'm so curious to see tonight what the box office was. Me too. I was like, we can't even talk about that for this episode because we're recording it so soon. I know. I'm so glad that we're able to squeeze it in and actually go see it in theaters and then get this episode out for you guys. So excited to see it. I really enjoyed participating in this little slice of American history post-COVID. It was it was such an interesting experience going to the movies after this crazy year. Yeah. And getting to see Saw. I know. Saw movie. Bre- breaking the seal with a Saw movie. Just so perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I should say happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary of a year of Not Quite Dead, bringing it back to our roots with a Saw movie. Um, I'm so glad you guys have been here for the ride with us. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch you on the next Saw installment whenever it comes out. And there is a new Purge movie coming out soon, so you can be on the lookout for, for that release uh, on its opening weekend from us yeah I I do love catching these uh new installments in these franchises because it now gives us the flexibility to do a special episode as they come and if you haven't seen Spiral yet and you listen to this episode and all of its spoilers uh I'm sorry but now's a good time to go back and and check out all of our previous episodes and learn all the different reasons why you should love Saw and maybe not love Saw yep (laughs) It's a very divisive franchise, but like we said, this one was a very strong addition to the assortment. Good job, guys. I hope Darren Bousman, James Wan, Lee Winnell, Chris Rock, I, I hope that they're I hope they're having a nice weekend. <laughs> This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching. Happy watching.